Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Welcome to Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. This is episode 79. Yep. Wow. And they said it would never last. The show with no content. And look how far we've come. Joined in studio with special guest... Dana Landgreby. Andy Rampernard. And last, but certainly not least, my good friend, Mr. Middle Thomas. of the Road. <laughs> it is Mr. Middle of the Road. Just for that, I'm changing my name to Thomas... What is it? Ben Greeby? Landgreeby. 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 Just like it sounds. Thomas Landgreeby. What do you think of that? That's <laughs> I've changed my it. name. I think it sounds Whether like a fake name. Whether these people like it or not. Oh, that's kind of negative. <laughs> that's all I have to say. Dana, how do you stand working with Doug? I only have to do it every day of my oh, life. Boy. But, you know, you know what I'm saying. Well, Doug is, Doug is a good mentor. I, uh, I got to come in. Oh, for God. Yeah, when Doug was leading marketing. So we've had some uh, a winding road lead to this we'll talk about that a little bit let's take a quick break and we'll get right into it michael bryant brad sean bryant what's the latest uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own we're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries how many people are out there in different not in the law business that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this: if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, and that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you <laughs> uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant We are back with Car Selling Secrets with uh, Dana, who's worked for Walzer for three years now? Just over three, yeah. Okay, before we get into it, as you know, because Dana, unfortunately, as a condition of her parole, is forced to listen to all the Car Selling Secrets uh, episodes before we post them on the internal Walzer sites, and then I get all these emails. She goes, "Um, stop swearing. This was really (laughs) stupid. Um, Nobody cares about that. Just some pointers. Anyway, tell us about your very first car. The fun police. Um, well, you know, so I was thinking about this and I was, um, you know, I was listening. Obviously, I've listened to all the episodes and everyone always has these really cool, you know, oh, I had this cool 80 something this. And it's like, wow, I didn't, I wasn't driving then, obviously. Um, so I grew up in Bemidji, though. So there's a little bit of a story. And Do you know was, Ryan Winkler? Um, I, no, okay. not personally, no. Um, but, you know, I was with my mom and I, we came across this used car lot and there was this um, Pontiac Sunfire, which I thought was probably the coolest car I'd ever seen. It was a two-door, it was red, had a little spoiler. I was like, Mom, this could be my car, you know, because they kind of said, well, we'll help you get this car. And total what, dude magnet, Whatever right? it's going to be, yeah. And But it was a manual, and I'd never driven a manual. And of course, my mom is, you know, cooler than me, and she said, okay, well, I'll teach you how to do it. And so we took it out, and she teaches me, I get in gear, we're going, and I come to a four-way stop, and I just kill it. I just cannot get it back in gear. I'm 
dying, like it, so mortifying. I have to get out. We have to switch. She has to take it and, and drive away. And I think her street cred went up by about a thousand points after that. And long story short is that I got a '99 Ford Taurus for my first car, and it was a automatic transmission. <laughs> yeah, maybe not quite as cool. I no. thought Sunbirds were kind of neat. My wife Sarah, her first car was uh, that she owned was a omni with a stick shift and again her dad helped her buy it and she had no idea how to drive it but she figured it out eventually so mm -hmm. yep. okay so he grew up in bemidji and then you started in the news business in in duluth yes i like to joke that i'm a recovering news producer <laughs> did one too many uh, overnight shifts um in tv and so i eventually had to kind of to pivot and um, try something new, but yeah. I have to ask you, because Sarah and I are watching this, I don't know if you've seen it, Tom, have you watched uh, The Morning Show? Uh, for? No, no, it's a it's an Apple TV uh, oh, no. series. Mm -mm. It, fat, Tom, have, have not, you seen this? I have this? not yet, no. I have not yet, I no. actually texted Michelle Tafoya yesterday, and she's like, I love it, that's really great. And then she goes, but I canceled my Apple TV subscription, you know why. <laughs> Michelle can be a little on the right side of the fence, but it's a story, it's loosely based on Matt Lauer on the Today Show. So it stars Jennifer oh, Aniston yeah. and Steve Carell, who are co-anchors, and Steve Carell in the very first few minutes gets fired for inappropriate sexual conduct and Reese Witherspoon is probably the third character. She's a young firebrand reporter from West Virginia. It's really, really well written and kind of a cool look at what yeah, I don't know because I've never worked in a TV news studio, but mm -hmm. it, it feels like it's, yeah. other than the fact that almost everybody in the cast is incredibly handsome, which happens on TV. It's yeah. like, I've been to KSTP and I didn't see too many good looking people there at all. <laughs> oh um, my God, That's good. how about Chris Eggert? Yeah. Uh, he cuts a fine figure for a one-legged fella. <laughs> Why well, worked with Chris? Horn oh, did you really? Yeah, great yeah. guy, mm -hmm. great guy. He really is. I mean, the person that you see on TV is is the person he is in real life. He's just such a genuine guy. I don't know if you know this, but pre-COVID, he was coming in to do an hour on the morning show because uh, KQ and, as you know, Hubbard are about a mile and a half away from each other. Mm -hmm. So he'd get done on the morning deal and then drive over there and do an hour mm. with Tom. Mm-hmm. But then mm -hmm. with COVID, just like at Hubbard, they just kick everybody out yeah. and make you work from home. Yeah. It'll be fine. So, Dana, where, where did you all work in television? Yeah, so I started, uh, you know, in Duluth, which is a pretty small market, and I, I went to UMD, Go Bulldogs. And, um, mm -hmm. and was, oh, God, <laughs> here we go. And was looking, actually was wanting to get into radio. That was really, I mean, I love Doug Public Radio, too. Sorry, Tom. And um, was ha. just... <laughs> You guys are such communists. It's unbelievable. It was uh, so. Why? Why do you love it so much? Let me ask you a question. That soothing why? tones that puts me to sleep. Those are what I like. But um, okay, was looking for you know kind of radio jobs here and there, and but wasn't really sure I was ready to move far away quite mm -hmm. yet. And um, got an offer from the ABC affiliate in Duluth, WDIO, and so I started on the mm, sure, um, yeah. overnight shift morning show. You told me what they were paying you, and I'm surprised uh, that you ever quit. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. When they offered me eighteen five for a starting salary, I thought, wow, that, that sounds like a lot. Okay. You know, and my dad, who's been a banker his whole life, he, bless him, did not stop me. But I, I swear he was probably like, oh, man, what is she doing? But, um, yeah, so I don't know how I feel about that now. But I did that, and I slugged it out for a few years and um, thought I would finally move on and, and then managed to get an offer from the sister station, KSTP, here. So um, went to the 10 p.m. show, went back to the morning show did that for a few more years and 
So when you do the morning that. show on production, how early do you have to get there? I mean, you can't blow in at 5.45, no. right? No, I used to get there at midnight. Um, <sighs> it was it was rough. I did that for a long time. And when did the show start? 5? 4.30 was 4:30. our first show. Yeah, at, at Channel 5. It was 4.30 to 9 we were on the air. So... Um, it was See, a Tom, there are day. people that actually do four or five hours of prep work before a morning show. <laughs> Did you know that? You ever heard the show? Why would I need to do prep work? Yeah. You know, the one thing I will say, Dana, is you work at one of the, it might be the only TV station where they don't have pictures of me hanging from a bridge. So mm. that's good. <laughs> no, I didn't, I, didn't see any, those... I didn't see any of those in the, in the inner hallways, but... Well, if Ginny had her way, you know. No, that's not true. I've known Ginny since she was a little kid. I worked at KSTP from 1973 until 1977. Mm. And then again, I was the, the voice of... Matter of fact, I think I did uh, DIO, too. I did the voiceover for them, too, for a while. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I worked for the Hubbards for a long time. Always enjoyed it. No mm-hmm. question. Back in the 70s, Tom, was that building the same as it is today? I mean, it's just... It's monstrous, and it's really easy to get lost in there. I just... Mm-hmm. It's... There's studios and stuff everywhere. Is it always been like that, or did they add on to it, you know? They have added on to it, but the thing I love is they left the long left side of the K in place so you can stand both in Minneapolis and St. Paul at the same time. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Oh, yeah, that K, the big call letters in the lobby? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You notice the long, the the back of the K is very long, goes all the way to the front door? Yeah. That line divides Minneapolis from St. Paul in that building. that's cool. Effect. All you no, ever do is learn by hanging out you, with me. You guys don't know this because you haven't been there in a million years, but they just last year spent nine months totally redoing the lobby. It's all, it looks very right. different than it used to. Okay, might not be but there they anymore. Le- they left the floor. No, they left the floor alone, I heard. Oh, oh they did. Okay, I'll have to look for that next that's time. What I, there. That's what I've heard anyway. Many, many times, and I've never seen it. Hmm. Can I tell you my public Love radio that story that you'll get a yes. kick out of? Yes. So uh, I used to do, this was back during the recession. Uh, the car business was, people were really interested in it because jobs are shutting, uh, General Motors and Chrysler going bankrupt, blah, 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 blah. And news reporters would call, and at first we turned them down like most car dealers did. And then I was talking to Paul and I said, you know, maybe we ought to just talk to these guys because if we can spin the stories so we don't look like we're complete morons, it's just a different form of advertising, right? It's, it's public relations, but it's, it's you, you just wait for them. And so we started doing that and got, got on more and more and more. And one day, a public radio called, and it was uh, Carrie Miller's producer said, and this was when Toyota was having problems with unintended acceleration. They said, would you mind going on live and talking about the Toyota issue? I said, no, no, not a problem. So two minutes later, I'm talking to her, and we're explaining how uh, recalls work, and it doesn't matter how many people have owned the car, how many miles are on it, you're covered, and the process of uh, we have to wait for Toyota to figure out the solution, and so on and so forth. And I think I'm doing a rather smashing job of calming people down and explaining the facts in a semi-interesting way. And then Carrie goes, all right, that sounds great. Let's go to the phones. I'm like, let's go to the phones. (laughs) So who do you think listens to public radio at 10 in the morning on a Tuesday? If you answered uh, retired librarians that own Priuses that are super scared, you would be correct. I'm like, I'm on there for a half an hour trying to calm all these people down. I'm like, oh, wow. Wow. That sounds... But it was cool. I mean, she wasn't trying to bushwhack me or anything. It was just it was the, the, the most interesting thing that was going on in the little world of the day. So. Mm-hmm. 
Tom. That's magnificent Tom's. news. I'm just talking to you. Now I'm talking to you like I work at NPR, so it's, you know, it's magnificent. I think we have to give a hand to the person who took <laughs> a problem, like a car accelerating by itself, and giving it a benign name like unintended acceleration. That, my friend, is marketing. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. George W. Bush did it with the Patriot Act in 2001. Yeah, exactly. The people who come up with those names... Uh, they must have to think very hard before they Citizens put the pen to Citizens United, paper. another great, that's great yeah. marketing. Yeah, it's yes. actually corporations yeah. get to influence politics, but mm -hmm. let's call it Citizens United. Citizens anyway. United. Yeah, exactly. Whatever you say. Let's take a quick it's break, true. shall we? This seems like a natural spot. When we come back, I want to ask uh, Dana about some of the employee programs that Walzer is slowly becoming pretty famous for. I think it's pretty interesting stuff. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. Michael, can you tell me, what do you like most about your job? Well, I know we only have a minute, so the short version is how we build relationships with our customers, being able to drive around town and see all the businesses we've been able to help, and how that translates to jobs for their employees, and the impact that makes on families in our area. It's truly rewarding. I also love to see the families that started banking with us 22 years ago when their children were young. Now those kids are adults. They're banking with us too. Lastly, I'd say seeing our customers' reactions when we're able to do something unexpected for them, like deliver cash directly to them when they need it, but physically can't come to the bank. I love what I do. Did you bring some of that cash here today? Huh? <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. You buy one set, get another set absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code TOM, T-O-M. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM. We are back. Walzer Automotive Group's car selling secret with my good friend Dana, who does a lot of work uh, that I used to do poorly, and she's done quite well. Uh, corporate communications, internal uh, communications. And as a setup, I, I need to tell you a story. So when I first worked for Walzer back in the mid-'80s, and Paul listens to the show, so I'm going to call him out. <laughs> um, I was the sales manager at the Mazda store when it was on 494 in Penn. And I noticed that uh, uh, our, that model RX-7 was incredibly popular with gay men. So 70% of the ones we sold were to gay couples. And I thought, well, this is kind of cool. And there was a magazine in town, I don't know if it's still there, called Q. And it was, you know, Obviously, it was a, a, a magazine oriented to an audience of gay men, and I thought, let's advertise in there. This would be brilliant. 
and I ran what I thought was a groundbreaking marketing idea past Paul. I thought he was going to kill me. <laughs> We're never going to do that. That's terrible. We don't want to go. Yes. <laughs> so spin the clock forward to uh, 2020, and we have a couple of groups that I really want you to talk about, mm. the Women of Walzer and then the Drive with Pride. Can you just tell people what, what, the, what it's about and what we're doing? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it, really it all kind of got started um, in 2018. And that, it started with our, our Chief Human Resources Officer, Sherry Schultz, who I've been um, pushing to come on the show because she really is a pretty incredible lady. But she came to us. Kind of quiet, doesn't have much to <laughs> yeah, say. Yeah. Reserved, shy. Yeah, yeah. yeah the opposite. <laughs> um, but, you know, had some really uh, sort of big experience from other places and brought it to um, to Walzer. And, and really, she said, hey, listen, if we want to, um, it's kind of twofold. It's, it's one for the employees and one for our customers. If we want put all this effort into getting people to come and join us and work for us, and they don't feel like this is really a place where they can see themselves, you know, why don't we make this a place where we feel, employees feel like they can see themselves? So we, um, you know, and then the other piece of that is is same for our customers. It's a it's a welcoming, inviting place maybe where if you're making a big purchase, you feel like uh, uh, it's an okay place to shop. So we started Women in Walzer in 2018. Um, it's really focused on the support and development and retention of women in our company. And, you know, there's not a lot of women in auto anyway to begin with. So um, it's it's been successful. We've definitely seen progress from it. Um, and it's also just fun. I mean, it's just a, a great way to support some of those things that you, the kind of development you want in a workplace. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I, I will uh, interrupt for a second and yeah. say, uh, recently, uh, faithful listeners will remember the uh, Face It Foundation guys that came in. They were, I found about, out about them through Dana because they did a, a quick, not a quick, it was probably a, a fairly long meeting that was sponsored by Women of Walzer. That's how we connected with them. So I thought that was really cool, actually. Yeah, we got yeah. more response from that yeah. that that episode I, yeah. I'm still getting emails they're about great that. guys I mean and you know so what we did was we did a webinar and, and I know you talked about it but talk like a man and it was focused on men's mental health after Movember and, and we thought okay we're we're the ladies of this company let's let's extend it to the rest of the population obviously open to everyone but a little more inclusive and um, and the pop and the re response that we got internally was was big too. So those are those are great guys. But yeah, I've tried to avoid most of the wow uh, meetings because I figured <laughs> that's the last thing you need is a, a middle aged, actually an old mansplainer. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's open to everybody for sure. I mean, it, just this morning we did an event called um, Say It Clearly. It was a public speaking workshop, and we had <coughs> seventy five people on a Zoom call at eight a.m. Oh, wow. interested in learning how to improve public, which maybe I should have paid more of my attention. <laughs> but strict mics on when you got the flag in your hand policy yeah or? yes mic strict mics off policy yeah. yeah because when we we have what five people in studio and it becomes difficult not to talk over each other yeah i mean that's kind of the silver lining of COVID is that we've done a lot of virtual stuff in the last you know year and so we are our, our employees are pretty used to a variety of this and that mm -hmm. and so kind of the virtual platform but you know, this is a loaded question because i don't know the answer and usually you're supposed to have an idea of the answer when you ask somebody a question um do you think after the pandemic is over and people are vaccinated in is business going to change and people are going to continue for the most part to work from home or do you see that as changing i think so i think so too i mean I think we've all demonstrated that we can do our jobs from home and, and yeah. do it well. I mean, Walzer had an incredible year, and, and, and that was with half of its people from home, you know, or however many people that was. And I think, you know, it, it kind of comes back to that sort of that what does your work life look like? Yeah. And if you're able to kind of have a little more balance because you can, 
you know, do a few more things from home or, you know, and still do your job. I think there's some real benefit to that. So I would say yes. I, I actually, I personally hate it being a social person and a sales guy sitting around, although I'm on Zoom meetings all day, which is okay. It's mm-hmm. better than nothing. Uh, there are times when I've got a really difficult problem to solve that it is kind of nice to be at yeah. home when I'm by myself, but for the most part, I do miss Agreed. the office life. I mean, it's it's a both end, right? Like, yeah. I think the parts when it's not great is when you're sitting in your home and your Wi-Fi sucks and your cat's running in front of the screen and your roommates are making noise. And I mean, that is the difficult part or your kids are, you know, trying to school from home. That's the hard part of the, it. The other person that doesn't like it is my wife because <laughs> she's been back in working at the church for the last six or seven months. And when she gets home typically about five i'm super excited to see her i feel like a golden retriever and she's kind of a little tired and it's like yeah i don't really need the doug show right now let's uh let's convene sometime after supper leave me alone like damn it yeah but i mean so yeah i think i think there is probably some sort of hybrid that will come from that but um, just to follow up on, on your previous question, so so after we launched WOW, we kind of, and it didn't come out of nowhere. I mean, it really, we surveyed our people and said, what would you like to see? And, and the top groups that came out of it were support for women, support for LGBT, and support for families. And so we did that. So after Women of Walzer in 2019, we launched Drive with Pride, which um, is meant to support um you know, our LGBTQIA+, it's a, it's the alphabet soup there. It but keeps changing. Yes. <laughs> but I, it's an ever, you know, evolving education for me even. But um, to support those employees and our customers and also to promote allyship and education so that if, you know, Walzer feels like a place where you can be yourself and our customers can walk in and make a huge purchase and, and feel like they are seen and respected, it's, it's a win-win. It is cool, and I've watched it kind of over the fence, and it's it's a great initiative. It just feels right. It's you know the world's changing. It's becoming more multicultural, and it's not regressing. For sure. I mean, I think you know a lot of dealers get. I mean, the stigma around going to a dealership to begin with, right? Like old school, you know, I mean, we kind of tongue in cheek on, on this show. But really, I mean, the work that we're doing is super progressive and trying to change that. I mean, we don't mark ourselves with other dealer groups in the city. We mark ourselves with Best Buy and right. Target and Land yeah. Lakes because we want to be an employer of choice for, for people. So, um, yeah, it's, it's all good stuff. That is cool. And it's... Uh It'll be interesting to see where it goes. And it's so hard to change the public perception of car dealers because, quite honestly, kind of we got what we asked for. <laughs> you know, in the bad old days, it was – and and a lot of parts of the country – and I'm working for a spinoff company that sells dealer-to-dealer software that, that Walls are created. Uh, so I deal with dealers all over the country, and, I'm, and a lot of them are – it feels like 1963 still. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just unbelievable the mm-hmm. stuff that they're trying to pull. And as my good friend Alan Crunch said, "Oh, I understand. We're trying to find new and improved ways to trick people." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, Tom. Yes, sir. I have some news for you. What's that? Well, this company. Well, I'm you know I'm still doing all the a lot of the uh, marketing stuff for Walzer, but I'm also working for Fuse Auto Tech, which is a spinoff company. Uh, that sells software to other dealers so they can uh, conduct e-commerce online. I can tell you're fascinated, so <laughs> buckle up because I've got no, I'm there's some exciting I'm news about it. We just hired a guy to do uh, OEM, uh, uh, which factory relationships, so we can put this on more platforms. A guy that you know pretty well, Alan Crutch is back. Alan Crutch, that's fantastic. I, I think the world of Alan. I know you do. He's uh, he's going to be working remotely. He lives in Bozeman, Montana, 
with his wife, and I think his son lives out there. He's about to become a grandparent for the second time, but he's just joined the company. We have so much fun on Zoom calls together because he's just hilarious and one of my best friends. He's going to be coming out here, I think, in the next couple of weeks. And I told him, if you're in town on a Thursday, you got to come and do the podcast with, with you and Oh, me. God, so, yeah. There's a man Absolutely. that can tell a story. And he's another guy, by the way, if you work shoulder to shoulder with him, he will support you. I don't care who he has to go against. Yeah. He's a very, very strong uh, friend. Great guy. Be careful, though, because he has something uh, that he shared with me that I've never shared with anybody. And I think it was the last summer that you were drinking. It was the famous night when we were out on Lake Minnetonka in Paul's boat. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember uh, singing? I don't remember what the name of the song was. Um, oh, darn, it's stuck in my head now. I can't think of it. Anyway, you're singing it in the You'll midnight, get it out eventually. The, the top of your lungs to Shelly. Do you remember that? Wait, was it at last? It was at last. That's right. Uh, I thought, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, Alan recorded it and he sent it to me a few years ago. And he goes, Remember this night? And I'm like, Oh, man. He actually sounded pretty good. All right, good. Alan. <laughs> that I did? Yeah. Did I go. Uh, last. No, it was like, at last. <laughs> well, my love has come along. I love that song. So, it's Dana, song. what had happened was typically once a year, Paul will, uh, uh, Tom will invite us to dinner. We usually go to Bar La Grassa. And Andrew and Paul and Alan and I at the time were going. And Paul called up, it's going to be a beautiful night. Come on down, uh, meet me on Lake Minnetonka. We'll take our boat to Maynard's. And he's got this beautiful <clears throat> old wooden boat. And, Yep. Tom shows up with what three cases of wine? I and of course three we cases of wine. Drank yes. it all. It was just like we were puddles by the time we get back. <laughs> the good drinking days. The you old know, that's days. The only time that I think I've ever seen you drink, and, and none of the wanton behavior that I heard wild stories about came out. I mean, you were really what funny. What wanton and behavior? Well, you, you know, the stories you tell about after three or four drinks threatening to stab a guy with a steak knife in a restaurant? That you was know, not like that? three or four. It was three or four dozen, not three or four. <laughs> okay. In my defense. In my defense. Well, the guy told me to shut up. <laughs> I wonder why. Well, I had no choice, but... It's a reaction. It's not alcohol. It's alcohol plus people being jackasses. So, no one on the boat was a oh, jackass. Oh, well, thank you. No, I'm not saying That's you. My, yeah. I'm saying oh, if them. no okay. one on the boat was a jackass, then the reaction won't occur. So That's true. No, That's a very all, good point. We're all friends, and everybody had fun. And you know, Paul is so much fun to go out with because he loves to he is, yeah. get the ball rolling. We sit down at dinner, and he goes, and it was the had to be the summer of 12. He goes, all right, let's yeah, start. Right, uh, go yep. around the table, and everybody tell us who you're voting for and why. I'm like, oh, <laughs> well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Next That's to list Paul. all your medical problems. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I think what we medical take problems a quick do break. you have? I've got some automotive news to talk about when we get back and a few more questions for Dana. So stay tuned and listen to this exciting word from one of our fabulous sponsors. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. I met the folks from Shift Real Estate last year on our way to Key West and loved their story. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees because they list for a flat fee of $5,000, and that includes photos, MLS listing, online marketing, and the assistance of a full-time realtor. Tell Shift about your home, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more. Shift Real Estate, the common sense way to sell your home. 
Visit Shift2Cell.com because life is expensive enough. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin, is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. We're rocking out, man. Yeah, we're rocking out. Uh, I got a, something to run by you guys and tell me if you think this is going to be successful or not. I have my opinion, but I'll keep it to myself. NBC has given the green light to American Auto, a comedy set at the headquarters of a fictional Detroit automaker starring former Saturday Night Live actress Anna Gasteyer. I don't rem- know if I'm pronouncing her name right. Yep, is this you are. Yep. show is scheduled to the air 21-22 season. The concept, according to Deadline, is this a floundering group of executives try to rediscover the company identity amidst a rapidly changing industry. What year does it take place in? Well, I think it's supposed to be contemporary. Now, it's written by the creator of Superstore, if, any, if you guys have seen that. It's a pretty good I've comedy it, about loves it, Walmart. So. Uh, and he also was involved in The Office, so he's got some chops. But do you think that this is going to be a broad enough magnet to last? Or? Well, I mean, if you look, think, think about the uh, concept behind The Office, it's just like, you know, some paper workers do some stuff. Good like, point. Yeah, last, what, eight years? One yeah. of the most beloved series of all time. It, mm-hmm. it really, the setting does not really matter. It's like Seinfeld, yeah. it's just a bunch of people in the city doing whatever they feel like. Same thing with Friends, same thing with Will and Grace, all these shows. This is interesting. So. They sold the show to NBC seven years ago. Oh. Uh, and they put it on the back burner until, I think, three or four years ago, the CEO of General Motors is a woman named Mary Barra. Who came up through the ranks from HR, I think, and engineering, and now she's and she's doing a terrific job. She just General Motors is kicking ass. It's mm-hmm. if you invested in GM stock a year ago, you would be smiling right now. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't. It'll be interesting to see. And I think you're right, Andy. It probably does have to do with it's all about the writing, timing, and the writing. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Tom? Yay or nay? I think you're. I don't know. I think I, you just mentioned a couple of shows I never liked. You didn't like The Office. I was. Ne- I would. I thought it was okay. I What's did not like Steve Carell. I didn't like Steve Carell. I he, look. I like the British version. The British version was better. Yeah, I, I yeah I I like him as well. But I, the thing about The Office that floored me because I we went back and rewatched it maybe a year and a half ago. It usually takes sitcoms a while to get there. You yeah. know, the first year of Seinfeld was terrible. Oh God, yeah. The the mm-hmm. second episode of the Office was Diversity Day. We yeah, were holding just still the, one of the most legendary. That's the second episode. Yeah. I mean, how, oh and it's God. perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And uh, <laughs> what's the guy's name, the, the black guy in the office? Stanley. Stanley. Stanley gives oh, the Stanley. black guy. Stanley yeah. Nichols. <laughs> or something like that. Uh, so I guess we'll see. All right, another uh, quick yeah, quiz. What do the following automotive companies have in common? Abarth, Alfa Romeo, Chrysler, Citroen, Dodge, Fiat, Lancia, Maserati, Ram, and Vauxhall. Uh, I know. Go ahead, Tom. They've all fired you. <laughs> I'm not that old, but give me a couple more years. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that old. No, it's a, a, it, they're all owned by a company called Stellantis right now. So mm-hmm. FCA merged with oh, a company yeah. that owned uh, Citroen and uh, Lancia and Vauxhall and Abarth and stuff, which are they're all European brands other than ours. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. The the ones that seem to be on the chopping block potentially are Chrysler and Fiat. I mean, Chrysler is down really? making the 300, um, and Ooh, the the Pacifica, man. which is basically the Dodge minivan that got the minivan revolution started. I would suspect the minivan would live on, but if they dumped the Chrysler name, it would probably turn into a Dodge or something mm. like that. I don't know. It's interesting. I was what at happened? A, what do you mean? What the hell happened to Chrysler? You would think after Iacocca, they would have been kicking ass. They. Chrysler is like the Rocky Balboa of franchises. <laughs> they do the okay. craziest stuff and the weirdest stuff happens to them. You know, we complain in marketing about all these rebates and stuff and how complicated it is to tell customers what cars really co- cost. And in the Chrysler and the General Motors world, it's terrible because you have rebates everybody qualifies for, and then you have military uh, veterans rebates and then you have school teacher rebates people that tell time only with their right hand it goes <laughs> on and on and on guess who started all that crap you just named him iacocca he did he and joe Graziola did the first rebates in the early 70s and it was like a hundred dollars come in and buy a chrysler and get a hundred dollar rebate and people went mental Nana, don't you think that's weird that Iacocca's name stood for what it stood? And that was his real name. That it stood- Do you know about this? No, no. What does it stand for? I am chairman of Chrysler Corporation of America. <gasps> I didn't know that. His, actually, his, la- his last name actually is that is spelled that way, too. It, it, Tom used to smoke a lot of pot. That's like <laughs> yeah, if you watch yeah. Wizard of Oz and listen to Dark Side what? of the Moon at the, the same time. It backwards, sinks yeah. up. Yeah. Dark Side of the Rainbow, yeah? yeah. I've tried am I right or am I, I wrong? See anything. You are right. I did try that I once, too, but I wasn't stoned. So maybe it's yeah, that helps, work. I think. <laughs> no, he was a, he's a very interesting guy. He came from Ford, uh, was the, the guy who pushed the Mustang project through and when uh, he left Ford, I think in the must have been the early seventies. That was back when his name was Iacofa. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, a designer there, and I think his yeah, name exactly. was Hal Greenwood, that had come up with a concept for a new sure. vehicle. And Ford I'm said, sure "No, they'll never Greenwood. sell." So Iacocca took him over to Chrysler, and guess what the concept was? If you answered the minivan, you would have been correct. <laughs> God, unbelievable. And that, that minivan saved Chrysler at that time, and then they went in bankruptcy, and then they fought their way out and went bankrupt again, and but bought out by Cerberus, who was just an evil company. Which is would you evil. name your company yeah. Cerberus? I know. It, they're the dogs. The that three-headed guard. dog that guards Hades. Yeah, yeah. it's an <laughs> so interesting, it's, uh... it's a really uplifting name, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
And then they went true. bankrupt again, and the Obama administration had to bail them out, and then then the then then Fiat bought them, and it, they're just an interesting company. And I've owned a few of their products. I think they build cool stuff, uh, but it's it's a strange story. What would you say is the least turbulent automaker? You know, of all the OEMs that I've dealt with from the dealer side, there's everybody else, and there's Toyota. Toyota, yeah, that sounds about right. Most most manufacturers wish the dealers would just go away because they think we're all morons. Although that's changed in the last 10 years as big money has gotten into the dealer side of the business. When uh, uh, Warren Buffett bought out uh, Larry Van Tile, it was 120 dealerships. I mean, it's, people started to go, hmm, you know, because the revenue is huge. The, the, the trick is, uh, you know, we sell stuff that's very expensive with very little margin, but... Um, but Toyota treats their dealers incredibly well. I'll give an example. Back in that unintended acceleration era, <laughs> you know, we were struggling, and of course, sales are plummeting, and, and customers are all pissed off, and we're fixing cars as fast as we can. We were open, Charlie had the service department open seven days a week, mm. 20 hours mm-hmm. a day. And uh, Rick Berg, who was our controller, uh, we were, our corporate office was really small. He goes, Hey, Doug. Do you know why we would have got $150,000 from Toyota? I don't have any account to put it in. I said, no idea. <laughs> so we called the rep, and they called the zone manager. The zone manager says, yeah, Toyota's mailing out checks to dealers just to help with the whole crisis and just do whatever you want with it. Wow. I, I, I was stunned. So Man. So I bought a fur coat. and <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Paul bought a new boat <laughs> and, and drove around. Told everybody to work harder. No, that isn't what happened. And let me sing. I, would, I drank and sang the whole time. It was unbelievable. It was wonderful. So I don't. There, and don't there you are think? other manufacturers that are. are I say I would say Subaru's in that club as well. They seem to get the big picture about. And I don't think it's rocket science, Tom. If you treat your customers properly, you'll be successful as long as your product's decent, right? And we're Subaru's customers, and they've treated us actually really, really well when we think about where we started in our Subaru journey. We had a little shack out in the back of the Honda lot selling 15 cars a month, and we now we have these two monster stores, and we're selling, you know, 40 times that many cars. So it, it does actually work, but a lot of the manufacturers still think that the dealers are stupid. What are you going to do? You know, i got to run something by you that just popped up on my screen. This literally popped up on my screen. You were approved $5,000 in free gold coins. Claim them now. I just got that email, okay? You better claim them now. You're approved $5,000 in free gold coins. Claim now. You know what the title is on the email? No. Retirement cash from Biden. (laughs) Biden's giving away gold. They're already starting with it. Took one day, and they got him involved in scam. His name involved in scams yep. already. Oh yeah. yeah oh, it's it, so sad. It's probably junk mail. I mean, I I was always stunned by the paradox. <laughs> yeah, that probably. Even I apparently yeah. need ED medication. There are tons of women in mm-hmm. Eastern Europe Europe that are interested in meeting me. It's like, how do those <laughs> That's go together? Well, they're exactly interested because right. they know you got the medication. <laughs> there you go. They also bring it with them. So. Now, I should say, Dana, that I was introduced to the Babylon Bee by Doug Sprinthal, so this is his fault. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> the Babylon Bee this morning, the Babylon Bee, Biden sees own shadow predicting just six weeks of being president. <laughs> I think a lot of people are predicting website? that. Uh, what's that? Oh, are you God. familiar with that website? <laughs> no, it's I've kind never of heard like. It. 
the oh, slightly Dana. right uh, Christian version of the onion. They're okay. really, really yes. quite I'm going to have to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd like to hang around, but i got to get my $5,000 in free gold <laughs> coins. It's very heavy. You know. Poor, very heavy. Poor exactly. Joe. Oh, God, they're already using his name in scams. That's real nice. I've been seeing real those emails. Nice. Yeah, I remember when yeah, Bush was going to give me some free money. Obama oh, was going to sure. give me some free money. All these yeah, presidents want to give me money. I don't know why. I, I have nice a question for uh, you, Tom. I, you've you've yes, heard, sir. I assume, that Dave Lee's going to retire. I did indeed. Yep. After 32 years running the morning show, he figured he'd never catch mm-hmm. you, I guess. Who do you think they'll replace him with? Any guesses? I have no guess whatsoever. I, I, apparently, there's a young woman over there, a young black woman who's causing a brouhaha. I'm insisting. To, I think I'm going to get her on the show. You're going to love this woman. She is so interested, and she's incredibly outspoken, and she's way What's her there. name? Shalita Bumbri- Bumbridge. I can't, I'm sure I'm not is that pronouncing her? La- her last name correctly. She's the one that's demanding they hire a black person to replace Dave Lee. I don't know if she's demanding, but she's she's making a strong case. Let's put it that way. It's so interesting oh, to she's me suggesting it's, strongly. It's so different than the CCO that I grew up with. Although I think that what's well, totally different. The yeah. old guard was pretty political. They were just a little more subversive about it. Whereas, you know what I love about that? Hmm. This is very, very true, and it just you just pissed me off without intending to. <laughs> Again, <clears throat> right? So, 2021, we have a young black woman basically demanding they hire a black person to replace Dave Lee. We, I being one of them, hired two black men to be on the KQ Morning Show 35 years ago, and nobody gave a rat's ass. Well, nobody it's apparently cared. your fault. So when I get Shalita on the podcast, you can point <laughs> so that out to her. So it's my fault. Here, I just love that, though, that we had the first we had the first transgender people on the show, the first tra- transgender poli- uh, traffic report from my friend Lauren. i got to tell we Dana black the story. Can, the can I tell the story? So yeah, he has please. a friend who's trans named Lauren, and he invites him on the morning show to do the traffic report. So Lauren gets on and goes, okay, here's the traffic report. Steve Winwood will be touring this summer with <laughs> It was all about the band <laughs> traffic. It was really funny. It was very funny. But, you know, it, what's so funny about that, unless you identify with the particular political party, whether it's Republican or Democrat, no matter what you do, you're not going to get any credit for it because they can't take part of the credit. It's amazing. I, I don't mean, know. I would be a little more positive about it. I mean, you were a small part of a, of a large wave of social change, right? And it's no, I was the I was the huge part of the. Well, way. you were the. Well, I, you know what I mean. It's not all you, but but people no, like know, you I doing know. things like that, and looking, you know, not using the color filters and hiring based on who the people are. Mm-hmm. It, it, it you know that goes from becoming uh, the exception to the rule, right? Mm-hmm. Except everybody else isn't called the exact opposite of what they did. That's the only problem I have with it. Yeah. Because those very same people have called me a racist in the newspaper. It's like, how did you come up with that one? It's because you make fun of Italians. No spaghetti benders. Yeah, that's true. Just kidding, Dana. Dana's like, I have to go now. Hang my head. (laughs) (laughs) She's just hanging her head. Did you ever watch Silicon Valley? What's the, what, I love that what's show. That? Silicon Valley. Did you ever watch no. that show? It's really funny. It's about oh, a mythical Google company, and it, it's all about startups and big money and stupid people. But there's a character in there. 
It'd take the rest of the show to uh, describe him. He's a very pasty faced, tall, skinny white guy. And his line oh one of the shows was, We never ate pizza as a kid because my mom never thought Italians were real white people. It's like, Oh my God. <laughs> that was a great line. You should watch it. It's what was his name? Justin? Yeah, is it was Justin? it Jason? Justin? Was it something like that? God, that show was funny. Remember. That show was T. T. very, Miller very funny. was in the first four seasons of it mm-hmm. until he got in trouble. He was hysterical. He was just yeah, he was. He chi- was indeed so Chinese comedian, and his I can't remember his character's name, but he just hated hated him. Jimmy, Yang, Jimmy Yang's the real guy. Jimmy Yang, but but his name his character's yep. name was Jin Yang, right? He, he would look at him and go, Jin Yang, Buckman, yep. you are fat and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Man, have we got digressed, and I've only had three cups of coffee today. This is going all over the place. You are fired up. I know. I'm just excited. It's 30 degrees and sunny out. I know. Should I finish my part with a quote from Joe from Louisville? Of course you should. Joe from Louisville, uh, Dana, works for uh, Ford Motor Company in Louisville, Kentucky. He's from uh, the St. Paul area originally. Uh, When they shut down the Ford plant, he moved down to uh, Louisville. Right? Mm -hmm. A quote from Joe from Louisville. Chrysler went to shit because they're owned by an Italian company. (laughs) (laughs) That's real nice, Joe. I have a quick story that that will touch on the Louisville assembly plant. Uh, Currently, you know, last year, new car production was all screwed up because of COVID. They shut the factories down for four to six weeks. Yeah, surprisingly enough, even though the car business was down a little bit, it wasn't didn't go down that much, and we wound up with car shortages. Now the production is back, but what's happened is there's a chip shortage because so many people are working from home. Laptop and computer PC sales have gone up. Trying to bring the plants back. There, here's a list of the plants that have closed, uh, not permanently but temporarily. Audi has. Five plants, uh, Mercedes, uh, all the uh, plants in Germany and Hungary have closed. Ford, Louisville, Kentucky, and I'm going to screw this up. Saar Louis, Germany, uh, Honda, uh, the Japanese plants have closed. It's it's crazy. Hmm. So we're going into another selling season with low inventories. It's just two years in a row. I've been in the car business since 83. I've never seen that happen before. So, Joe, if you could text Tom, how long were you guys shut down? I heard it was like a week or two, and maybe I didn't get it right. So we'll get some uh, actual automotive frontline intel here Mm -hmm. shortly if he's still listening. There you go. What do you mean if he's still listening? He listens to every minute of every show. He's a wonderful guy. He might be working. You never know. He could be. Uh, the first thing I got from him was starting next week, we're going to be down for two weeks because of parts shortages. Yep. Hmm. Cray, cray. So there you have mm-hmm. it. Cray, cray. Well, there's a guy who is uh, usually in the chat here that works at a GM plant. and Apparently they're having problems with painted wheel arch moldings. Whatever that is. You know, it's amazing. Um, a lot of people don't know this that aren't in the car business, but the the automotive companies are really... <coughs> interdependent on a very small number of companies. In other words, there are companies like Dana that build specific parts that are used by almost all the manufacturers. When the big tsunami hit, was that 2011 Mm. or 12? They closed down just the weirdest little companies in Japan, and as a result for the entire model year, you couldn't get uh, metallic paint. Mm. Just because it only comes from one place in the world. 
And a lot of people, when Chrysler and General Motors uh, were facing bankruptcy in 2009, were saying, I'll let them go under. Um, and the reason that uh, Alan Mulally, who was the CEO of Ford at the time, who didn't need government bailout money, went to the, uh, went to the feds with GM and Chrysler was so that he, he knew that if Chrysler and General Motors went under, to take the suppliers down with them, and it would have taken the whole automotive industry down. I'm surprised they don't build these parts in-house. It's more efficient, you know? I guess so, yeah. It's efficiencies of scale, and, you know, Toyota invo yeah. in, in, in invented that just-in-time inventory. So when it works, it's financially very effective, but when you run into mm -hmm. a wrinkle, yep. the, the effects are just astounding. It mm. just it's goes like through the It's like a planet-wide assembly line. Yep. Because cars are so expensive, but the margins are so small, mm -hmm. you just have to cut every corner you can, still providing quality. I, I would argue cars are better now than they've ever been, oh, but God, it's yeah. still, you know, when one thing goes wrong, and it just it's, it affects everything. Tom, I think all that's right, about uh, all we got. You got anything you want to go uh, over? I got to close with this because I just saw it in the Star Tribune, ladies and gentlemen. Says here because Dana had the seeds to come on the uh, <laughs> car selling secrets. Because Dana had the seeds to come on car selling secrets. Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry has announced he's running for re-election. Oh, oh no! <laughs> he is. Is anyone he surprised? Just announced. He just announced he's running for re-election because Dana is a brave woman. That's why. <laughs> That's good Actually, headline. after watching him during the riots last summer, I thought I looked at oh, that guy God. going, I think this is the last place this guy wants to be. I mean, he was so, yeah. in my opinion, a little bit more than a little over his head. And I don't know. I'm yeah. glad that I didn't have a job either. Anyway, that wraps up Episode 79. Tune in next Thursday for... Automotive expert Cliff Banks. I'm super excited to have this guy in as well. He's uh, he is the one of the most widely read automotive journalists in the business. Everybody looks to him. He's always looking over the horizon, trying to figure out what's going to happen 10, 15, 20 years ahead in our industry. So uh, there is a chance he might not make it because last time I talked to him a few days ago, he has three kids home from college and they all have COVID. Oh dear. So hopefully Cliff won't oh, get sick. God. Uh, if he does, we'll just make up a show. How's that? <laughs> I like it. That? that works for me. Tune Thanks, in next Dana. Thursday to Thank find you, out. Tom. Thanks, guys.